this room at your own risk because it leads to the future not a future that will be but one that might be this is not a new world it is simply an extension of what began in the old one it has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time it has refinements technological advances and a more sophisticated approach to the destruction of human freedom. But like every one of the super states that preceded it, it has one iron rule. Logic is an enemy and truth is a menace. This is Mr. Romney Wordsworth. In his last 48 hours on Earth, he's a citizen of the state but will soon have to be eliminated because he's built out of flesh and because he has a mind. You've been under investigation, Mr. Wordsworth, for the mandatory period of one year and 11 months. You're found to be obsolete. The purpose of this hearing is to make a finding in the matter and make a sentence accordingly. Do you understand that, Mr. Wordsworth? I don't, uh, <clears throat> do not comply. Do not comply not comply. Typewriter clicked away. Just remember everything fading to black again. The crow. I was on the bridge again. The golden leaves, the way they fell upon the rocks beside the creek. The dying trees that silhouetted the sunset in the distance. The cold, dodgy sky. Just remember screaming. That's all there was. I remember the room was shelved. Stainless steel that glistened in the dim kerosene lit basement. Doctor was flailing wildly. Knives and syringes and implements of destruction on the human body were scattered all around the room with their clanking and clinging. They ran upstairs for their lives. Doctor tried to run up the stairs. Something stopped. He flung back like something had given him a kick. Let's just say some of those other instruments were, well, whatever he used to do.
he wasn't the best of his creations, I'll say. But I remember waking up to the cold desk in the church office. Paperwork was done. Their spirits passed. as the sun was rising through the stained glass windows. Silhouetting their sackcloth shade. As they faded into the light. I reach for the cigarette case to the far end of the desk. And you know, somebody around here has got to give me a beer. Richard hit Darby in the face. It was kind of cool having him around. It'd grow to be quite the nuisance, though. <clears throat> but it was nice having my friends again. The air was particularly cold that morning. I did as I always did. Something weird this time, though. There was something else. One of the file cabinets was open. Couldn't quite make out the alphabetical file. I had never been in that cabinet before. Richard said last night when I was flailing all about in the chair, like, it had opened itself. Very unaware of whether that was what was going on or not. I was bending down to pick up the file that was outside of it and I reached down and I got hit in the face. The top drawer opened. I fell back, hitting my head on the concrete. Everything went black.
out of the two brothers and myself. I was the one who always worked the most. Before I came overseas, still just remember how the old place looked. The old building was black, as well as most of the inside. Just the way the paint fit the place, I guess. The old wood was just rustic for its time. I just remember him coming home a few days after Grandpa died. He didn't care to work much anymore. But most times you could just hear him in the attic typing away. Typing away. There's a bin for done and a bin for undone. Somebody had to do all of it. The grimmer task aside for burying them all was make sure that their passing was was well. The grimmest part of the job, I'm afraid. I was tending to the weeds. The old place had a truck with a rake sometimes. I'd drive around the roads just making sure the gravel would keep it clean of all the leaves and rubbish, you see. And I particularly remember that non-eventful morn when my brother left. Said he'd be back, but wasn't until late. Said something about picking up a typewriter. Said something about the ribbon being jammed. I don't know. I think he was just taking Grandpa's death a lot harder than I was. Didn't try to push him much. But I just remember the first time that I ever saw him. It was the, the last time I saw him, I think. The way he was hunched over the desk. bloody and beaten up like you've been in a wreck. I guess my grandpa just couldn't handle the strain anymore.
I read the paperwork before the uncle got home. My brother, you understand? And sure enough, automobile wreck. Johnson Dow. Hmm. That was the fellow I buried two days ago. I laid my grandpa in bed shortly after that, but he remained sick until he passed. But the night before I could do the paperwork, he disappeared. And the dead trees silhouetted the sunrise off in the distance from the bridge over the creek. It's a light drizzle. Late in the afternoons, if I ever took to a nip before I got to the bridge, I always admired the way the rain would fall against the tin roof. Something about it always was somewhat comforting. So, <clears throat> with that being said, I don't know if I'm still allowed to talk about, converse, propagandinate, infiltrate, organize, spread the message about the uh, uh Disney special at Albertsons. So, you know, I don't know if I'm still allowed to talk about that or not. But, you know, regardless, uh, you could find uh, all your wonderful favorite brands of cigarettes and varieties of Jack Daniels and other fine goods and groceries at Albertsons as well as Stater Brothers. And um, let's see, what else? Oh, more on the backstory for the story for the story. I forgot all about that. Um, I forgot me. I got to go back through my notes, even though they're all crazy and whatnot. (coughs) So I forgot. Okay, so for Kurt Goes Bang, I was... I was in the Midwest at the time, and I was still trying to do demos, even though it grew harder, and I really tried to focus on writing. 
and that was when I had like originally had the first idea for this novel in the first place as I shared when I had passed through that ways I had dropped up a copy to the University of Colorado and um I don't know if they ever did anything with it but with that being said uh there was this old guy that I met and he kind of like changed up like this really really old song I can't remember the name off the top of my head because I just left my notebooks where they were because I felt that that was best even though I could remember a lot of the stuff off the top of my head if I really wanted to I mean I recorded them all and I wrote them all and it took me forever to even put chords to them there's just a lot of flack and like a lot of discouragement or whatever. <clears throat> but you know, we were talking about Nirvana, me and this old dude. And then a couple of younger cats got into the conversation and like it developed into something that was actually quite superb. But um one of the things in the song that I had wrote for Kurt Cobain was um <clears throat> a blue funny looking stone, but not of this rock right before the phrase cops outline and chalk and uh, it was a really really slow song that I did I just wanted it to be kind of nutty because Kurt was always kind of nutty just a little bit but hey we all are some of the best people are the Hatter told me the Hatter told you it's got to be true and if you're really really quiet the mouth is in the teapot However, I can't prove that. <clears throat> but, um, and then more backstory to that. I think, who did I share that with? I had forgot who I had shared it with because very rarely throughout my life was I ever really close to like a lot of punks. I was more like really low key. But, um, there was one group of people that I had shared it with and it would almost it almost got changed and rearranged and everything else because everybody had like almost like a say in it, like, oh if he changed this or what about that or whatever and I think in my notebook the song ended up being like three pages. And it was like your regular like college ruled, you know which is pretty intense. But like I said, my songs were always, like, longer, aside from punk rock. Like, I was always into, like, Johnny Cash or, like, folk. You know, I always thought folk was kind of punk anyway. You know? Like, Old Crow Medicine Show, like, Hung Dinger of a Hoedown, you know what I mean? Or Alabama High Test, you know what I mean? Like, even in rap, you know? I mean, we're all singing about the same stuff. It's just nobody wants to come to terms with. People can like whatever they like. They don't have to, like, necessarily be a part of, like, a movement culture. But who am I? <clears throat> and then, let's see. wanted to... Oh, because that's in the next. Okay, never mind. Um, I don't know what else. 
to give more backstory, to not give more backstory. I don't even know. Um, before I do go, I want to apologize. I've been met with a lot of flack or angst or opposition, whatever you want to call it, in my workplace. And I don't know if that's directed to the podcast or like people I used to know or just people's wrong impressions of me, I guess. I I don't know. Um, To anybody I offend or offended, I'm sorry. We're all really, really, really sorry. Um, Sorry. Really sorry. Um, You know, I... How do you say it? I was was going somewhere with that. I really was. I wanted to make like a really good point on that, but I, I won't. Thank you for listening to the Horror Business Podcast this morning. Um, Stay tuned for uh, some more horror business. Coming to you live from Nowheresville, California, United States. We're nowheres everywhere all the time. And, uh, yeah. Have a wonderful day.